But let's not lose track of the fact that there was looting, rioting, police officers killed, people murdered in cold blood, and Justin Trudeau was more than happy to go out and take a kneel with Black Lives Matter and wouldn't even at least come out and spit on the sidewalk of where the convoy was parked. So welcome once again to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast. My name is J-Man, and this is a platform for free speech where people have the platform to speak freely. And that's exactly what I'm going to do today. And I want to talk about something that is incredibly relevant for me, as I have been in my home for about the last seven months or so, being an unvaccinated individual basically having to live through mandates. And I can't tell you how many times someone would give me a phone call or I'd be in a conversation in chat and someone would say, oh, I'm just getting in. And I'm like, well, from where? Because for me, the outside world stopped. And the reality is, obviously, it did not. And that was a tough pill to swallow. And the only way that I can really explain how that felt to me is through one word, believe it or not, and that would be trauma. It was an incredibly traumatic event to not be able to basically flow in society like I always have based on a medical decision. And that was mind-blowing to me. And I remember when I was finally able to go into a place without having to present a QR code or anything of that nature, and I posted it. It was a second cup around my neighborhood, which is a coffee shop. And people asked me, like, boy, was that weird for you to go out? And I was like, you know what? (laughs) It's not as weird as the fact that I was not allowed to come in here in the first place. That is what I found was really weird. I've also probably developed a little bit of a social anxiety. I'm still afraid of potentially going somewhere and having to deal with the rejection of being asked for a passport. And of course, I wouldn't have one. And the further this goes along, and now the reality of me being able to go inside, I'm like, wow, it's even crazier now than months before when I was talking about where I thought we'd be. As soon as I heard that there was going to be a vaccine that was going to be introduced to take on COVID, I was already talking about, oh, there's going to be vaccine passports, something of that nature. I remember we were hearing about the anti-masks and things of that nature. And I turned to one of my friends and I said, what is the one thing that you cannot talk about in today's society? And before COVID, it was like anti-vaxxing. Like if you didn't vaccinate your children, I mean, you were the antichrist. And that was something you could not have a conversation with in public. You would be ostracized. You're the reason why polio is going to come back. Or they'd say, oh, you know why we don't have this? It's because of vaccines, right? That whole song and dance. And I said, this is going to turn into a vaccine debate. Right, And those that don't want to go along with getting the poke, those people are going to be seen as second-class citizens. And that's exactly what happened. And then we had these mandates roll in, absolutely crazy. And at the end of the day, I think it's so wrong, let me just say this right off the top, that anyone has to make a decision when they're running their business whether or not they're going to let somebody in based on the fact 
of whether or not they are vaccinated. That is not something that should have fallen on the business owner's shoulders. And it's obvious why the government wanted to rid themselves of it, because as we're starting to see, a lot of lawsuits are starting to pile up. And as soon as one goes through, well, you know, that house of cards is going to tumble. So if I had to put it in a word in regards to how I feel, it's like I'm insulted a little bit. I've said this to a couple of my friends. I'm just insulted. It just seems like so nonsensical that for all this time I was told that I couldn't participate in society and now there's a war in another place in this world and, you know, COVID just disappeared and I'm just allowed to go back in society now? Like, that's it? Like, I'm happy I can, but, like, that's it? We did all that for what? For nothing? Just so I could go back outside? Like these mandates routinely did nothing other than make things worse. And now no one gives a shit that they're sitting next to me in a restaurant or a coffee shop or a bar. But they wouldn't say a word to make sure that wasn't the case just a couple of weeks ago. And that hurts. So my feelings are also hurt. And you can say whatever you want. I made a choice. It was a decision. Well, I guess I decided to be hurt, and not just by the divisive measures that were put in place, but by the fact that more people didn't stand up. And I guess when it comes down to it, and I have a lot of friends that are in restaurants, and again, I'm going to reiterate that I do not believe this should have fallen on the shoulders of small business. But I guess early on is I I thought that small business and restaurants and things of that nature would take on the role that the truckers did later on, just saying, you know what, we're not going to do this anymore. Enough is enough, especially from that industry since it got kicked in the pants so hard. But I realize that everyone has their own story. I'm not bitter about it. It doesn't change the fact that I'm human and I have feelings about it. And I want to tie in the truckers (laughs) into this in one of my experiences in regards to going out. I was at this fancy little bar that I'd never been before. And I was having a conversation with my friend, and it just bled into the other table a little bit. And so we were talking about bizarre things. You know, regular dinner table talk like circumcisions and masturbation. (laughs) True story. Anyways, (laughs) we got a little bit into this chat And we're all very friendly, and nobody's talking politics. I used to always think politics was liberal and conservative, and now politics, it's expanded so much to where you talk about the truckers and immediately you're into politics. It seems like you're on one side or the other. And out of nowhere, there was no reason to have this conversation about the convoy. This lady, she comes out and she says, oh, and those those fucking truckers and that convoy. Like, she was angry about it. You could see it. It was like visceral anger. And those three weeks were most definitely not high times for her. She was not happy at all about the convoy. And, of course, I was ecstatic about the convoy. I, <laughs> I went there a couple of times. I enjoyed going there. It was peace, love, and all that good stuff. If anyone wants to talk about racism, I mean, you're free. I'm biracial. Not that I think that means anything other than 
I've been discriminated against before in the past, and I, my spidey senses kind of go up. I, I can sometimes take a pretty educated guess on whether or not someone is being prejudiced against me. And I never even got that feeling, nor did I ever think about COVID any of the five or six times that I went there. And I just kept my mouth shut. And it just blows my mind. And this lady was a lovely lady. But I think about the arrogance that it takes to just come out and make a statement like that, not thinking that it's going to have any repercussions whatsoever, that you are in the right and that the person that would be hearing that would just ultimately agree with you to where you're so confident that you're, you're putting it out there at the risk of conflict. And I just kept my mouth shut because it's not worth it to me. I don't feel this need to have to be right. I just let her say what she had to say. We continued on with our conversation, and that was that. And then I thought to myself, if I were to say that about Black Lives Matter, like, that would not be acceptable. It would not be acceptable for me to talk about blacks in a degrading manner and say, oh, black lives matter. All they do is burn down buildings and cry racism. They have chips on their shoulder. They have it really good today. Someone would probably even like from another table come over and say, like, what are you talking about? That would be unacceptable. It would be unacceptable for me to say. It would be considered to be in incredibly reckless and arrogant to say nor would i expect to be out and about and hear anybody say that that might be something somebody says at a private dinner function or with their friends playing poker or whatever it might be i'm not usually around for the racist conversations but it blows my mind that there's this double standard of things that you can talk about black lives matter and you can talk about it as it's a positive thing because you know what we had to make noise because of Floyd, which was horrible, right? And there is racism. It's horrible. But let's not lose track of the fact that there was looting, rioting, police officers killed, people murdered in cold blood, and Justin Trudeau was more than happy to go out and take a kneel with Black Lives Matter and wouldn't even at least come out and spit on the sidewalk of where the convoy was parked. And just, I don't know, fake a handshake? Hey, like this, you know. Especially someone that likes photo ops as much as Justin Trudeau does. So that was sad to me. And I wonder how long am I going to have to continue to be silent about something that I feel strongly about? Is it more important for me to keep the peace or is it more important for me to say my peace, to hold other people accountable for what they're saying? Not to be right, not for my ego, but to where maybe if I confront it, they'll be less likely to be as confident to bring it to the table again. And could it be that I'm just really that much of a minority to where the, the vast majority of people, you can have that conversation and no one's going to say a word or they're going to agree, right? Maybe they just don't want to get into the politics of it because that it riles people up. Not even 
worried about getting to in an argument with that person, just not wanting to go there. It's been hard. It's been trying. And I think about all the conflict that went back and forth over the past two years, and it feels like it was almost for nothing because now we're just paying attention to like the doom and gloom of World War III, right? And the Ukraine. And where people put their perspective. Like, I don't even look at it as a Russian and Ukrainian thing. When I go to sleep and I put my head on the pillow and I pray at night, I pray for all the people. I pray for all the soldiers. I'm sure there's a whole bunch that don't want to be there. I pray for the civilians that are living in that country, obviously, and people that live all around the world that have family there and invested interest. It's a horrible, horrible thing. I don't have to get into the politics of it. And I'm starting to wonder, like, when are people going to wake up and realize, like, how much are you thinking? How much of what you're thinking is critical, independent thought? And how much of the rest of it is just what you're being fed through that tube? Like, isn't it crazy that the majority always happens to go with what's ever happening on the TV? Like, media reports the convoy as being a bunch of racists and misogynists and unvaccinated anti-vaxxers. And what do the majority of people tend to think? That's true. And they go with it. And they invest so much of themselves in it. I just, I don't understand it. And then all of a sudden, that stops. And now everyone's focused on the Ukraine. And everyone's talking about the war. And talking about these two countries like they know anything about them. Or they know anything about Putin. Or why this war is actually happening for any other reason than what they are watching through the television. So isn't it important, regardless what side of the fence that you are on, of any issue, that maybe we start maybe reevaluating where we're getting this information, why we believe it so strongly? Why does media pick a side? Isn't media supposed to be unbiased? Media lies as a fault. I may have told this story before. I'm going to tell it again. But when I used to work in radio at a station called The Bear, we used to have a top six at six. And I would tell people to call in and vote for your favorite tune tonight on the top six at six phone number, email, whatever it might be. And oftentimes, that list was printed days ago. Maybe even that day. Point being is that number one was decided before I asked anyone to even call into the radio station. But you record a phone call, and it's someone saying they want to hear Coldplay Yellow for number one on the top six at six. I play that into the intro. Yellow comes on, number one at the top six at six. And there's this illusion that people 
had some influence over what was going to be the number one tune of the day. I'm just some dumb, dumb kid working at the radio station doing a top 66 on a Sunday night when I'd rather be at home playing Call of Duty because that was around even then. And I'm manipulating the truth. It's theater. I'm an entertainer. And media has turned into entertainment. And I'm not going to even turn this into a left or right thing. People put me on the right. I didn't even know what right and left was a couple of years ago. And then I have Randy Hillier on my show, and I do a podcast with him, and immediately I'm put on the right. I have a talk with a flat earther, and that puts me on the right. I, I don't want to get a vaccine, and that puts me on the right. I don't even get to make the choice. Society will put you in a certain place. And then it's almost like you have to fight your way out of it for credibility. I was supposed to have a famous Canadian musician on the show, and I'm pretty sure he hasn't come on because I've taken the stance I have in regards to not being vaccinated by choice, never encouraging anyone not to get vaccinated. But they distance themselves. And it's crazy to me that we went through this whole thing and as a whole, I mean, you see it on social media, you see it when you're out and about and you have conversations. It's very divided in regards to like where people are. And yet when it comes to Hollywood, like all the famous people you like on TV, all the famous people that you watch on uh, the movies, all the people that sing your favorite songs, all your favorite sports stars, like none of them say shit. Like what are the odds? Like how come these powerful people with these massive platforms, like none of them are binding or banding together and saying like, what is, what is going on here? This is not right. Like, how can, how can any artist be okay? I mean, again, I understand they have to put food on the table as well, but the fans that got your, got your rise to prominence are the ones that now you're telling can't go to a show because they didn't have a QR code. How do you stand for that? Buy your music, see your movies, watch your TV shows. And there's like this crazy silence. Like that's not bizarre to anybody. <laughs> I just wanted to make one podcast, a solo cast that I rarely ever do, just to kind of get some of my thoughts out there and get them off my chest and not have to compete with a guest or anything of that nature. And I don't want to come from a place of scarcity. I want to come from a place of abundance. And I'm happy and I'm grateful for the fact that things are better. I can't complain that I can go out, even if some people want to implement the passports. I mean, that's their choice. I would have to hope one of them would maybe watch this video and I don't know if there would be any empathy for a person like me that doesn't seem to be, you know, throwing shade at anybody. I think this was horrible for everybody. It doesn't matter what your status is. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner or not. Everyone can kind of agree, like, this has been a shitty time in human history for us. And we have good lives. <laughs> like, we, we live in a good country and we have a good way of life. And 
there are some people that would that would die to have to go through COVID the way that we did here in Canada, opposed to the way that they had to do it in other countries, because they don't live like we do. Like, I order Nespresso pods from Amazon. <laughs> Life can only get so bad, <laughs> right? It really can only get so bad. But it doesn't mean that it's not trying. And I'm going to end on a positive note. Is that I encourage you to find growth within this experience. And hopefully it's over. I don't know. But I'll tell you that I, I don't have a lot of strength or gas in the tank right now. Especially because it's so expensive to worry about anything else right now other than adjusting back to living in a normal society and not feeling weird about it. Like when someone says, hey, long time, I'm hearing, hey, you're one of those unvaccinated people. And they may not even care, but that's what's going on in my head. And I need to get past that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you feel the same way. And if you do, I encourage you to get past it as well. Is that everyone is doing the best they can with the tools they had at the time. And what they have at this time. And to be grateful for the growth. Because with great discomfort comes great growth and evolution. And the fact that I'm having this chat right now on this podcast with you is because of COVID. I was doing things face-to-face, -face and I was never thinking about talking to some of the people that I have, like Theo Fleury. Like, that's crazy. One of the greatest hockey players of all time. That I would talk flat earth with David Weiss. Like, what a crazy conversation. <laughs> to sit down with politicians, right? Randy Hillier, Maxime Bernier. It's been quite a trip. The honor of talking with veteran Greg Hill who lost his job because of mandates. Carla, even, you know, just a good old-fashioned nurse that loved her job and loved her patients that lost her job because she made a medical choice. And then Dr. Julie Panessi, which I consider to be one of my greatest interviews of my entire life, including my 17 years in radio and everything. She's so smart, and my only goal was not to be stupid. <laughs> and I think I accomplished that. No one's called me stupid yet anyways. So COVID has given me a lot, even though it has taken stuff away. And I won't say a lot of stuff away, because they're just externals. And if you live in a world where externals are necessary to make you happy, then you're not happy. And take this, what it was and what it is, as an opportunity to grow yourself inside, to become a better person to turn the other cheek, be better to people that aren't even good to you. That's the whole point, right? It's not about just being nice to the person that's nice to you. That's really fucking easy. It's being kind and generous and empathizing with the person that yells and spits in your face and doesn't want you to sit down in a restaurant next to them or maybe give you a hard time because your mask isn't completely over your nose.
I think we've all learned something. And time will tell. Time will tell. Because learning something is about not making the same mistakes again. And hopefully, hopefully, we've learned our lesson, we've grown as people, and when the next round of whatever pops up, we are better to one another. Thanks for listening. You take care of you well and love simply because you can.